Brother Jay, a gospel worker for more than 10 years in North Africa, says what you see on the evening news is not the whole story. The world sees it as fragmented and chaos. We see what God's doing. He's tearing down a lot of walls in Islam. Walls are coming down, but that doesn't mean Christians don't suffer. Brother Jay and other Christian workers who share the message of salvation in Christ with Muslims are upfront about the fact that following Christ could be costly. And we talk about the price it costs to, to follow Christ. We'll hear how Christians prepare to face persecution and continue to boldly witness. We'll also talk with Christian singer and recording artist Nicole C. Mullen about how the stories of our persecuted family have affected her faith and why she's passing those stories on to her children. These are real issues because these are real issues that I believe may eventually come to their doorstep and they will have to answer the question. And my prayer is that they answer the question the right way with a positive answer of yes, I know Christ and I will love not my life until death. Challenge and encouragement coming your way this week on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. I'm Todd Nettleton. We've got a great half hour planned for you this week, and I'm glad you're with us. If you were with us last week, you heard our conversation with Brother Jay, who's serving Christ and the church in North Africa. If you missed that conversation, you can go online to vomradio.net and listen to it again. We're going to wrap up our conversation with Brother Jay, and then we'll be hearing from Christian singer Nicole C. Mullen on why these stories of our suffering brothers and sisters are so important. We talked with Jay last week about the persecution that Christians in North Africa face and about some of the heroic Christians that Jay knows personally and what they've gone through because they refuse to deny the name of Christ. We're going to start out this week talking about how those believers get ready to face further persecution. How do they prepare new baby believers to face rejection from their families, to face arrest and imprisonment and beatings, and what do they say or what do they do to, to get them ready to face that kind of treatment? Sure, that's a great question, and, and some of those questions we didn't handle well in the beginning. We didn't want to tell people about the things that they might face, you know, uh, so... <laughs> that's not a good marketing plan. That's not a good marketing plan at all to talk about, uh, but you know, early on when we began to, and believers began to share their faith, this is sort of pre-discipleship, and we talk about the price it costs to, to follow Christ. And so it's early on uh, we talk about those kind of things. Now, do you talk about that before they have come to faith, even before they accept Christ? You say, hey, this is this could be really costly for you. Absolutely, and, that, and that's known to them. And mm-hmm. We show them through Scripture. Mm-hmm. We show them how Paul went through so much persecution and, and, and that Christ was crucified and, and that they have to carry their own cross. So it, it's, it's almost a, uh, like I say, it's a pre-decision before they even accept Christ. They know that there's a big 
price to carry. The biggest problem in Morocco or any place in the Muslim world is not so much the physical beatings or, or those kind of things or stonings. It's the rejection of a father or mother. And that's the, that's the part that hurts the worst. We've seen even uh, uh, seekers that have waited and we have one right now who is who is waiting. This sounds odd, but his father is near death, and he would not shame his father and not take the risk. And once his father dies, we've seen this happen multiple times. Then he's ready to, you know, to step up and accept Christ and and, and show that uh, publicly that he's be ready open to do that. about be open about faith. it. I should say, yeah. There's a part of me that says, well, wait a minute. Don't you want to share your faith with your father because he's about to die? Right. When someone is in that position, do you say, okay? You know, we'll wait, and God will wait. Or do you try to bring them to a decision quicker? Or? Well, we, we here's here's the here's the real thing is that we try to let them face the fact that here's someone going into eternity without knowing Christ, and it's a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. But because of cultural differences, and you and I will never understand yeah. the shame factor for a son and a father. It's just it's beyond, and I've lived in this for for years, and I still don't understand this such a strong pull. Um, and there, you know, some are willing just to just to let it go rather than to cause that shame. Some are not. Some are re- willing to give up their relationship even on a deathbed, and they they're rejected by their family after that time. It's a tough call. Our guest on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio is Brother Jay, who has worked for many years spreading the gospel in North Africa, in that culture where the family rejects you when you follow Christ, how does that change the relationship within the body of Christ? Because really, that becomes your family. That becomes your support structure, more so than what we think of in the United States. In that country, in, in those countries, we pray that the, that, the whole bo- that the whole family would become part of the body, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily the truth. Sometimes young men, young women will come to faith in Christ without any family member at all. So then the church, if you will, the, the two or three that gather together becomes their family at that time. And, and I mean, really, it becomes their, their all. And they depend on, on the church as a family for, for any kind of outreach or for physical or spiritual or financial need like you would a, phys- a, a biological family. The church becomes the family. And, you know, Todd, that's the way the family should be. Well, yeah, it reminds me actually of the book of Acts when, yeah. you know, they ate together, they That's worshiped right. together, they prayed together. They were a family. That's they right. lived right together. One of the things that we want to equip our listeners to do, and I know many of our listeners will have a Muslim coworker or they'll go to school with a Muslim, they, they want to be a conduit to bring the gospel, to bring Jesus to these people. How do you advise them? Yeah, that boy, that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things we try to do when we're stateside as well is to is to help coach people in that direction. Um, the first thing when you're dealing with with uh, that community is is patience, and it takes a lot of patience. And one of the things I made a mistake of when I went to North Africa, I didn't have any, and so <laughs> I've learned I've learned to be patient. Uh, but you have to be patient with them here. You have to love them, and you have to pray that God would give you a love for them. Unfortunately, through the news media, Americans in general and the church as well has a has a disdain for the Muslim world, and uh, 
You know, we have to love them as a people. God died for them. He, our Lord Jesus gave his blood for them just like he did you and I. We meet them daily, and they're around you wherever you're at. Some 10 million Muslims live in America today, and I've noticed that when people see Muslims and they know that they're Muslim, their woman could be in a cover or a man with a long beard, they sort of immediately reject them. And so my suggestion is, is to reach out to them. And you'll find that these are people loving, and, and, and we need to be hospitable to them. And that means welcoming them here. There's several things we can do. The scripture teaches that we can do as far as missions are concerned. We can, we can pray, and everyone needs to be a part of prayer and praying for the lost world, especially the Muslim world. We can go, and we want people to go wherever that's across the street or into North Africa, wherever that may be. You can give, and, but you know, this is biblical, and a lot of people don't realize this, and this is what Muslims do for us. They welcome us where we're living. We're alone. We're the only Americans living in our village, and we're welcome just like family. And when I see the American culture not welcome our people here, it breaks my heart. So welcome them. Be patient with them. Don't try to cram the gospel down the first time you meet them. It, it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. You're building a relationship with them so they can have a relationship with Christ. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. What are some of the things that Voice of the Martyrs is doing in North Africa through your work and others that you know about to help strengthen the church? Wow. You know, I, there's so many things that are that are on on our uh, radar right now that, that uh, VOM has been a part of. Uh, edu- helping educate is one thing. They've been a big part of helping uh, give us materials to help educate um, Bibles. You know, we started education process about five years ago, and this amazed me that there are a crop of believers that came to our first training that only had a New Testament. They'd never seen an Old Testament before. Wow. And so, you know, we take it for granted. Uh-huh. You know, most of us have Bibles in every room. You know, you go you go to a hotel and there's a Bible in every drawer, uh, but you know these precious people don't have them, and here's believers that only had a New Testament. So, one of the things VOM has been just fantastic about is helping us get the Word in their hand, and so we want to make sure that every believer has a Bible, and we'd like to make sure every seeker even has a Bible if they're if they're seeking God and they want to know the truth. Uh, one thing that's really been uh, recent. That, and I'd say recent in the in the past couple of years, uh, it's it's been very effective. Is the uh, micro SD card, and those things, and I don't know about technology. They just amaze me. We have SD cards that have uh, the uh, the Jesus movie and audio. Uh, it has the God story in our heart language on there that the VOM has helped us get. Um, it has uh, sixty praise and worship songs on it. And it's all in a little tiny micro SD card. Well, here's the neat thing about that. It fits in just about everyone's uh, cell phone, and they have access to, to listen to that. So VOM has been great about helping us get those materials, uh, duplicate those, and, and, and for that process. Um, they've helped us on doing outreach with backpack programs where we've helped get – let me just take just a second to tell you about that. It's a really neat project because – where we live, the children in the in the uttermost, they really are. 
there in the remote areas. There are schools that are there that were built by the French when they occupied the country. And those French have been gone for 60 years now. There's been no maintenance to the building. There's no electricity, water, toilets, or anything. And they help us go in and sometimes refurbish some of those schools so children have lights, even have a toilet to go. But they've also given us, uh, helping us give materials to those children. And it's such a neat outreach because sometimes children for the first time will enter school because they've had those materials given mm-hmm. and VOM has helped give those materials. It impacts that child, of course, and they'll never forget it, but it also impacts the parents when they've seen their child enter school system for the first time. But let me tell you something, even better than that, the teachers and the government, they're just amazed at Christians are in a Muslim country giving out things to their children, and it just blows them apart, and it opens up the door for a future to be able to share the gospel with them. Jay, as we finish up today, I, I want to equip our listeners to pray for North Africa, to pray for you and for your work there. What are some specific things that we can pray for? Well, right now, it's, it's, it's a historical time all across North Africa, and we're, just, we're excited to see what's happening in the Muslim world. The world sees it as fragmented and chaos. We see what God's doing. He's tearing down a lot of walls in Islam. But laws need to be changed. And that's what happened in Tunisia. We're so excited about it. Tunisia this year passed the first law uh, in the country, and, they're con- and it's written in the Constitution. There's no reprisal against uh, a conversion to, to, uh, from Islam to any religion. They can, they can choose that. So they now have freedom of religion in, in an Islamic state. It's unheard of. Yeah, that's, that's earth-shattering. That's earth-shattering. It's the first country that's done that out of 60 nations that are under a Sharia law. So we're praying for that across North Africa, especially especially in Morocco. We're praying for our king. You know, the Bible tells us to pray for our king. So we, we it's an easy prayer. We pray for M6. We call him he's Muhammad 6. And so we pray for M6. And if you'll put that in your prayer to pray for his health and pray for his decision-making. Elections are going on right now this year. So this is real-time prayer. We need it. Pray for that king. Pray for the Constitution. Pray for our work to continue. We've, we've had to dodge a couple of bullets with exposure, and, and, uh, and we just pray that we'd continue to be protected, pray for our health. Uh, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. And so going places that we're doing, we need, we need the Lord to lift us up in health and pray for our family back home in the States that uh, sends us away. That would be three great things we could pray for. Jay, it's been great to have you. Before you go, I want to ask about Libya because you mentioned Libya early on. Uh, What's going on with the church in Libya? Well, the, Lib- the church in Libya is small, but it exists, and that's the good that's, thing. That's the praise the Lord. Th- that's the thing. And we have contact. We, uh, we, we had a trip planned uh, to go into Libya this past summer, and our contacts uh, told us, stop, don't come in. In fact, we're leaving. <laughs> now, now, let, me, let me share this with you just real quick because you asked. Uh, what's happened is that because of such chaos, there's militias that are fighting in the street and thievery, and the country's falling apart. There's no question. But Libyans have immigrated to Tunisia. And so we have an opportunity now to reach them where we didn't before. More than a million and a half Libyans have immigrated to the small country of Tunisia. Wow. And it's incredible. And it's given the church there in Tunisia an opportunity to, to do outreach and to, to share the gospel and to also enable the church leaders there that, are, that already exist. So it's exciting to see what's happening in Libya and Tunisia and all across North Africa I'm excited about, but especially uh, the Libyans that have taken it on themselves to, to, to get out of the country. And then they're, you know, they're open to the gospel. I say this always about Muslims. They're not rejecting the gospel. Here's what the deal is. They really haven't heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. And when this gives us opportunity to tell the good story. 
Jay, thank you very much for being our guest today and uh, sharing your heart for the people of North Africa. It's been great to have you. Thanks for having me. It's a big, big honor, Todd. Thanks. Good to meet you. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. You can listen to every episode of VOM Radio at www.vomradio.net. Not long ago, the Voice of the Martyrs was invited to be part of a special concert celebrating 40 years of contemporary Christian music. VOM was able to share at the concert about what Christians in Iraq and Syria are facing at the hands of the Islamic State. We also had a chance to meet some of the artists, and I want to share one of those conversations with you this week, a conversation with singer Nicole C. Mullen. Now, we recorded this conversation outside the auditorium during concert rehearsals, so this doesn't have quite the same sound quality that you're used to here on VOM Radio, but I want you to hear what Nicole shares, and especially why she makes a point of sharing the stories of the faith of persecuted Christians with her children. I started out asking Nicole, what happens inside her when she hears the stories of our persecuted family? Here's her answer and the rest of my conversation with singer Nicole C. Mullen. It causes me to pray, first of all. Um, And it causes my heart to ache because the Bible says that when one of us are aching, all of us are aching. We rejoice with those who rejoice, we mourn with those who mourn. It affects me because it affects us as a whole as well. Do you think most American Christians understand that sort of family relationship? Um, that that this, this is not them, this is us? No, I don't, honestly speaking. I think because we are, um, especially as Americans, we are, um, how can I say it nicely? We're into meism, you know, and it's it is a me and them oftentimes because oftentimes our world revolves around us, and that's the culture that we live in. But sadly enough, we've kind of bought into the culture that we live in instead of the kingdom culture of we are the body of Christ together. We have different functions, different locations, but together we are His body. And again, if my toe is hurting. My whole body is going to that toe, you know, to nurse that toe, to help that toe, to heal. And so I think the same should be true with us as the body of Christ. When, you know, someone is imprisoned in Iran, we feel it. So we should do all we can, whether it's raising our voices, signing petitions, you know, praying, crying out in the midnight hour, encouraging. Um, You know, I think it's necessary. At the same time, I believe that we as Americans, it is time for us to wake up. Because persecution is at our door. You know, I I firmly believe that. If the Lord does not stay his hand and say otherwise, I believe what we see overseas, it's very possible that it will be our tomorrow, you know. And so I pray that we sow good seeds right now while we're able to, seeds of prayer, seeds of faith, seeds of, you know, justice while we're able to, so that if it is our hour, those seeds might bloom into you know, um, foliage on our behalf and produce the right type of fruit that we would love to have back for ourselves. And so um, I'm not trying to speak doom on us. However, I believe it is a sobering issue um, and it's one that we need to take heed to. And one of the ministries of The Voice of the Martyrs is to tell the stories of those who are now suffering to strengthen us as American Christians to prepare us for if that day comes. Yes, absolutely. So did you all have something to do with Jesus Freaks? We did, actually. 
book, yes, I've read it, and I've read it to teens, I've read it to my kids. Um, that book has brought me a whole lot of encouragement. It's very sobering. I mean, it, it's very, very sobering. At the same time, to see the strength of those who have gone through, you know, in their hour of greatest, whether it's temptation or trial, you know, to see how Christ and His Spirit rises to the occasion, how God sends His protection, He sends His comfort, and He gives them the strength to say, I believe in Him, and to stand firm till the end. And to see how some He's rescued from death, but some, you know, He has taken through death into life because they've made that stand. And so it has brought me much encouragement. You mentioned one of the things, the first things you do is to pray. How do you pray? What do you ask God to do on behalf of our persecuted family? I pray for strength. I pray for favor, even with their prisoners. I mean, the, the wardens who are holding them captive. Um, I pray that he would give them the strength to endure and not to recant. You know, I pray that if it is his will, that he would release them and that he would send men and women to surround them and to champion their cause as well. I pray that he would protect and comfort their family members because these are real people. Some are real fathers and real mothers and real children of other people. And so um, I pray for them. And so, um, and I pray at the same time that he would help us to have a heart that remembers them and to um, imitate them should it be our hour and our time as well. What are the lessons that you think we need from them? You mentioned we need to imitate them. What are the lessons, like even from Jesus Freaks, that, that you think, wow, my, my Sunday school class, my church, my Bible study, they need to learn this? Um, I think um, part of the lesson is that we serve a real God who is faithful to his word. And in, like he had told the um, disciples, like, don't worry when you're persecuted, when you're brought before, you know, judges and different people of that. Don't worry, I'll give you the, what to say in that hour. And to see it actually manifested through everyday people nowadays, through modern day saints and saints that were a little bit further back, you know, to see how he has been true to that word. It gives me courage and it, it says, you know, this is what we can imitate. And at the same time, to see how they love not their lives unto death, you know, and that is for us as well, how we are to hold on to Christ from this life to the next. Because it, for us, it's, it's not the end, you know, for us, it's, it's graduation, it's the baby coming from the womb, you know, into real life, you know, and so um, there's a joy and an excitement there. Um, and I think, um, I think one of the most attractive things for me is the reminder that in that moment, God gives grace. He does not abandon his own. When you read the stories in Jesus Freaks, did, did you sort of put your name in there and say, okay, what would I do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did and I do. And, and I, I have the privilege of being able to mentor and disciple young people. And we speak of these issues often, you know, and I tell them there's coming a day. And I pray it's not soon, but it could be. You know, if you were, you know, held at gunpoint and asked, you know, do you love Jesus or do you want to live? And you say, no, what do you say? And I tell them, your answer has got to be yes. Because he said, if you deny me here, I will deny you before my father. That's serious. But if you, if you claim me here and you profess me here, I will welcome you and I'll announce you to my father. I can't afford the latter, I mean the former. I've got to have the latter. I need him to say well done. And so these are sobering issues I'm able to speak to with my 11-year-old, my 17-year-old, my 21-year-old, and a host of other children that God has allowed me to influence. These are real issues because these are real issues that I believe may eventually come to 
their doorstep and they will have to answer the question. And my prayer is that they answer the question the right way with a positive answer of, yes, I know Christ and I will love not my life until death. And one of the things we see as we travel and as we meet with persecuted Christians is those who asked the question ahead of time, they counted the cost. When that test comes, they do stand firm. Those who never thought about it or it never dawned on them, they're the ones who have trouble hanging on. My prayer is always, Lord, let me be found faithful. Let me, and, and not just in that hour, because that is my most earnest prayer, that in that hour I would be found faithful. But let's back it up to today. Help me to be found faithful today in every area to claim you, to never deny you, whether it's in me on Facebook, me at the grocery store, me driving, me telling the truth to somebody. Help me in every single moment to claim you. And I believe in doing that, I'm building spiritual muscle for the hour that may come, you know. And if that is the case, then I've been fortified by walking with him then in that moment, I know he's still there and he gives me the right answer. And he gives me the strength to endure to the end. So I'm a typical American Christian and I'm picking up a copy of Jesus Freaks or the Voice of the Martyrs newsletter. And I'm trying to decide, should I read this or should I move on to something else? What, what would you say to me as I make that decision? A thousand yeses. You've got to read it. Like it's not even, um, there's no competition. This is not just the life of other people. This is your life. And I pray that you would be able to put yourself in these scenarios and that your, um, if your life is not measuring up to the stories you read, that you would do your best to cry out to God so that your life can measure up. They're not just fables. These are real stories that need to be read not by yourself only, but also to your children, to your other family members. You know, there is no child too young to hear these stories. I've been reading these to my kids and telling my kids from the time you're little. You know, if they, they ask if you love Jesus, you know, and, and you can say no. If you say no, I'll give you candy and I'll let you live and I'll let your mom live and the rest of your family live. Or you say no and I kill everybody. What do you say? You know, you train them. I've been, you know, you tell them you love Jesus and I'll see you on the other side, you know. And so I think these are conversations that are sobering. We don't like to hear about them because we've been desensitized by television and we've been mesmerized. Um, but they're reality. And um, eventually, every single one of us will have to stand before God, not with our buddies, not with our family members, but one-on-one -on -one before God Almighty. And he will ask us, what did we do with his son, Jesus Christ? In that moment, I want him to say, I've got to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I run my race for, and that's what I would encourage other people to run the race for. And I believe that the voice of the martyrs help us do that well. And so, I, again, I applaud you guys for what you're doing, putting your lives out there, and I'm championing those who don't have a voice to speak to the masses, but you're being their voice of justice for them. And so I applaud you for doing the word. Thank you. Last question. Uh, what would you say to our persecuted family? You know, we're going to see some video tomorrow night of Christians in Iraq who've been displaced from their homes. Uh, there's Christians in China who are in prison right now. What would you say to them if you could speak a word of encouragement? You are loved. You are not forgotten. You are valuable. You are a part of the body of Christ. You're not by yourself. Um, I am encouraged, and I would love to encourage you with this piece of scripture where um, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was, um, I think it was Elijah, and he was crying out to God about him being the only prophet left. And God was like, no, 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 no. I have, have 7,000 others who have not bowed the knee. 
So again, you're not by yourself. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. We are lifting you up in prayer. We care about you. And my prayer is that we get a chance to see each other on this side. But if not, we will spend eternity together. And we will worship the Father. We'll worship the lion and the lamb. And together we'll rejoice. And so be encouraged. Your labor is not in vain. Your suffering is not in vain. Because the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us as found over in Romans 8. Amen. Nicole, thank you very much for your kindness and thank you for spending this time with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Brother Jay, and thank you, Nicole C. Mullen, for being our guest this week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Connect with us online at vomradio.net and give us your feedback on today's conversation. That's vomradio.net. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.